What's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to the Second and Victory podcast. It's Austin talking to you. Uh, on this episode, we're going to discuss the Chris Sims quarterback list that he put on Twitter this past week and uh, kind of dive in on that and nitpick uh, that list and where he had Marcus Mariota and a lot of other quarterbacks ranked. We're going to uh, talk about a, a question, Brett, um, that uh, he asked us in the group and just wants to kind of pick um, our brains about it. Um, kind of who's the best Titan on the roster right now, uh, maybe all time. So we'll kind of dive into that and then uh, talk about NBA, some MLB probably, dive into that kind of thing. So, um, again, thank you guys for listening so much. Follow us on Twitter at Second of Victory. Uh, find our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Second of Victory. Uh, subscribe, rate, leave your feedback. We appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the show. Second and Victory Podcast. Yeah, man, listen, I hope you guys like that uh, intro um, as much as we like making it. Shout out to uh, Chris's cousin, Gray Rhodes, for making that beat for us. We do appreciate that. So, yeah, I just thought we needed the podcast, need a little bit of intro, a little bit of music. So, uh, um, it's kind of a mix of what we used to have at Armchair Brett and kind of just, you know, mixed it with the, the new Second and Victory vibe. So, um, something a little different. Yeah, we've all been traveling and uh, been on the road, but we finally had some time to settle down and for a minute and, and kind of talk and get back on the podcast grind. So, um, we'll kind of just start off the, off the rip. If, you know, if you guys are, you follow us on Twitter um, at Second and Victory. We put something out the other day. Uh, it was the Chris Sims, and if you guys know Chris Sims, former quarterback, uh, Texas, um, University of Texas, played for the Titans just for a short bit. Didn't have a long NFL career, but, you know, kind of went team from team. And he's now an analyst for uh, Bleacher Report, I believe. Um, just another NBC, I think. NBC, too. yeah, I think NBC. But he put a tweet out, and it was his quarterbacks, top 40 quarterbacks ranked. And – it hit a lot of Titans fans wrong, like it did myself. I mean, let's just kind of talk about it. He had Marcus Mariota as the 29th best quarterback Correct. in the league. Correct. What are, your, what are your thoughts? One spot ahead of running back Lamar Jackson. <laughs> um, if, we're, if we're being honest, I, I think it's a little low, but I w- obviously I wouldn't go too much higher with Marcus because I don't – He's obviously he's not an elite quarterback in the league. At the highest – I think you can probably put Marcus around like 20, but that's still a lot better than putting him. A low-key 29 is a little disrespectful, especially when you put guys like Case Keenum, Jameis Winston above him. Kyler Murray hasn't even played a down yet in the NFL, and he's number 24. So it, it's not really the fact of, hey, Marcus is elite. He's actually trash. That's why he's so far down here. It's more of the fact of, yes, he's not elite, but he's not trash either, and you can't put some of the guys above him that you put above him. Yeah, I mean, you got he's got Jimmy Garoppolo at 21. I I know the guy's got a lot of promise, but he hasn't done anything in the NFL yet. No. I mean, uh, Sam Darnold, he he showed some promise last year, but I mean, is he is he top twenty five already? I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, I I, I I I agree with Brad. I mean, I think Marcus is probably hovering right around, you know, eighteen to twenty two somewhere like that. But I mean, I don't I don't think Derek Carr is necessarily <laughs> better than better than Marcus. He's not better than Jared Goff. And he's got Jared oh, Goff a absolutely spot behind He's got I mean, Jared Goff at 19. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, when it comes down to it, 
I don't know. I'd I'd completely reimagine this list if this was, if it was made. To be honest with you, I couldn't believe that Jacoby Brissett was even on the list. Like well, I, I understand that he's doing the top forty, but Joe, Jacoby Brissett's not even starting anywhere now. And to, it, Brett, why do forty quarterbacks? There's only thirty-two teams. Exactly. I don't know why we're listing backups out here. And like Tannehill's on here. RG three is on here. It it doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray have not played a snap in the NFL, and they're on this list. Tyrod Taylor's on like, here. There, there's rules to this quarterback list, and 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 you have to, you know, play your way on the list. These guys haven't played a snap yet. Like, haven't even made the training camp yet. And Kyler Murray's already uh, above Joe Flacco, who's got a ring. Uh, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Case Keenum, and Marcus. I mean, Come let, on now. let's talk about this. 32, he's got Josh Rosen ahead of Ryan Tannehill who has done way more in the league than Josh Rosen ever has. Eli Manning, Super Bowl winning quarterback. You know, I don't know, man. This this list is just all all types of messed up. If, if you look at the guys that or if you look at the four guys in front of Marcus, you got Flacco at 25, Dalton at 26, Jameis at 27 and Keenum at 28 and then you got Marcus at 29. At this point of their careers, so Flacco's Pretty old, and he's not got that much time left, I don't think, at least. Dalton, you never know what you're going to get with him anymore. Jameis, you never know what you're going to get from him. And Case Keenum, I'd probably take Marcus over all four of those guys to put on the, on your team for right now, at least. The only one being maybe not Andy Dalton, just because he can play good, you just never know. But other than that, I'd take Marcus over those four guys any day of the week. And I, I just don't understand the hate that Marcus gets from the national media. It's just there's Listen, there's not been another quarterback in my lifetime that I know of that has gone through much change as Marcus has. And it sucks that it's been with our favorite team. Yeah. And it's the quarterback that we're rooting for right now. It's just a mess, the kind of situation he's been in. And Andy Dalton had been in a situation. Flacco sure as hell would in a situation. Jameis hasn't been. Uh, Case has gone from team to team. But Marcus has gone, you know, coordinator after coordinator, after head coach after head coach, after wide receiver, after running back. I mean, he's never had the same – team as he's had in the last couple years so I'm not, I'm not sitting here like professing my like our love for Marcus saying he should be top 10 no, or he, he's no. quarterback in France history I'm just trying to understand the fact of why you rank him at the bottom of the league in quarterbacks listen if you had Marcus at 20 and move we had moved everybody down so if Marcus is right behind Jared Goff and ahead Mitchell Trubisky I wouldn't have said a peep about the list. Not I don't a think people would have. But I, I like again, I don't see why Chris Sims thinks Josh Allen is a better quarterback than Marcus. Um, Jimmy G, you're right. You said a great point, Chris. That he hasn't had enough. He hasn't done enough on the field. I mean, he, he, awful injury. I like Jimmy G a lot. I think he can do great things for the Niners. But he hasn't done enough with the Niners to prove that yet. So. I think a lot of this, this almost seems like the guys that aren't ranked correctly are, okay, I've seen a couple years, I've had enough with you, and the guys that are ranked higher are all of potential. Like Sam Darnold, 22, Josh Allen, 23, Jimmy G, 21, Wentz at 11, um, Kyler's at 24, Trubisky's at 20. All of those guys, Baker Mayfield, 17, all of those guys are more of, it seems like this is what I think they're going to be, so I'm going to go ahead and rank them high off a potential-based thing. 
this entire list to me, just kind of looking at it now, it's just hazy. Like, who who says that Jameis isn't better than Andy Dalton or Joe Flacco? Um, or Phillip Rivers isn't better than Carson Wentz? Or, you know, Kirk Cousins isn't better than Jared Goff? It's just everything about it, from, from even from 11 to, to 19 to – it, it it just I don't know what Chris Sims was thinking when he came up with this list. He even tweeted to kind of back up his uh his I think he's getting a lot of heat for this on Twitter as he should have been. Um, he tweeted I guess Kurt Warner said something. I didn't see what he Kurt did. Warner said. Um, but he tweeted this to Kurt Warner. He had a couple tweets and said, "Yo, Kurt, always respect your opinion. This is my list. I worked very hard on it. And yes, at this point of these two legends' career, I think they are nine and ten. Um, I think he's talking about Brady and Breeze. Yes, yep. Um, the system makes them more than they make the system at this point. It's not about clicks. And he backed that up by saying, my opinion is that any of the quarterbacks ranked in front of Breeze or Brady would have had the same success, if not better, if they were playing for Saints or Pats. It's a team sport. Don't rank the quarterback according to team wins or just stats. Set up the system or OC. Not every quarterback gets lucky to have Sean Payton, Belichick, or McDaniels. Brady and Breeze are still awesome. So I don't. What's he even mean though? Like, what? How? What are you basing your list off of? I don't know. It's 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 weird. It's really weird because I mean because I think that if you take Brady or Breeze and put them on another team, they're going to elevate those teams just because of how good they are. So I understand like. I know some people say it's a system thing, but I think that those guys are good enough on their own that it doesn't matter where they play, they're going to elevate whoever they play for. If that's the case, then Eli Manning should be top five because he took two wild card teams in the Super Bowl. Yeah, this part, the biggest disrespect I think might be Phillip Rivers at 12. That's crazy, I, man. Phillip Rivers is definitely a top 10 quarterback in the league. He's a Hall of Famer. Absolutely, I agree. I agree a lot. I, I, some people are saying he's borderline, but I think he's probably or should be a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's in, in my opinion. I I think he's there as well. True. I don't. I don't know, but um, I, I'm interested to see the rest of his list when it comes out. Yeah, who who all do we have left? I mean, top ten. You got to think Brady, Breeze. Um, Russell Mahomes, Wilson, Mahomes, Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Roethlisberger, Luck, Deshaun Watson. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. So that's um, eight. Eight. I'm trying to remember. Cam Newton. Cam, Cam Newton. Newton. Yep. Cam Newton yep. And uh, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Here we go. Here's your ten. There's the top ten. Don't know what order they're going to be in, but I'm really interested to see who. If Brady and Breeze are nine and ten, don't know Ooh. who's nine through ten. Who in the world is going to be one, two, three? Wow. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm interesting. Let me ask you guys this, because I'm—I mean, I'm a huge fantasy nut. Um, I'm—I'm already thinking. I'm not, dude. I get bored at work sometimes. Do already do fantasy football mock drafts just for the fun of it. Um, (laughs) when I get bored, who is your quarterback? You think this year? Like, who is a guy that you're like? You know what? I think put up big numbers. I'm taking him. We going. With like, if you have the number one overall pick for a quarterback, no, I just say anybody. Or... Like you, if you if you're going to get your quarterback, you want fantasy for every all year long. I mean, you can name anybody. I don't, I don't care who you name. I, I'm just I want to I want to pick you guys' brains. I would, I would think you have to go probably Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, like I know you lost Kareem Hunt, but yeah. you still got Kelsey. You still got Sammy Watkins. As of now, Tyreek Hill is playing, and Pat Mahomes can run if he needs to. I mean, I'll be, <clears throat> I think that's, I think that's who you got to go with. Yeah, you I mean, you can't go wrong. No, you, you can't go wrong with Mahomes. You know, honestly, last year I ran this guy. He's, I like, I like stability at quarterback for my fantasy team. I've been in a keeper league for, I think this is our tenth year doing it. Last year, man, I, I roll with Russell Wilson. Yes. You, don't get, you don't get much more stability than that guy at the position. You're going to get 14, 15 points a game from him. Yeah, yeah at least a game. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm with you there. I've had Drew Brees on my team almost every single year. Um, and, you mean, obviously, we know what Drew Brees does week in and week out. But I think I'm going to roll the dice this year and go with a guy like Baker Mayfield. Oh, just to yeah. be a little different, and I, I, he probably won't be my week. I mean, my week one starter. Off the Titans. I'm gonna put him out. One. Um, <laughs> and, but and go ahead. another another young guy, man, that that did some work last year in fantasy, Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. Do you? Do you I think the Bears have another good season? I think so too. I agree. That, that NFC North is so hazy because you don't know who. I mean, what team is actually going to step up? Do the Vikings take a step back? Does LaFleur and the Packers take a, a step up and actually uh, make a big playoff run and, you know, the team to beat in the North? Um, or is it the Bears again and that young group they got with, with uh, Trubisky and uh, I guess Tariq Cohen now? And uh, I don't see Patricia and the Lions doing much, honestly. No, I don't either. I'm, I, and that's what gets me to Stafford at 14. Man, what has this guy proved in his career? What has he truly done? I've I've always been a fan of Stafford. Like I, I've never really thought of where to rank him, but I've never had any issue with him. I, I would just love to see him on a different team. Because the Lions are just—they've never been anything in our lifetime, y'all. Maybe you, I mean oh. Chris, Chris is older than us. You might have seen some winning seasons from the, the Lions, but not really. Not yeah, really. no. Since I've—I mean, since I've been alive, <laughs> I, I've seen an Owen 16 year from the Lions. That's all I can remember. Yeah. Although I mean, I remember the Lions in the playoffs a couple years ago when when they lost. But I mean, right. That's it. That's really all I can think of. And it's almost the same thing with the with the Bills. I mean, we were. I mean, I was young for the Music City Miracle, but that was. I mean, that was the last time they made the playoffs until two years ago. So I mean, there's there's a couple teams that we honestly haven't seen much. So we got a question on Twitter. Um, I, I we tweeted something out, just asking you know if any any of our followers had questions for us, and we got one back from at uh, Polish Power Twenty Two, and he asked us, "Do you think the Titans' offense will be better in the run game or the this year, and why?" I think for now, I think you got to go with the run game, just because that's what it's been the past couple years. And you, we we haven't seen anything from the from the past game in a while. We don't know what you're going to get. You might get a Marcus Mariota New England Patriots game, or you get might get a Marcus Mariota Buffalo Bills game from last season. You don't know what you're going to get from Marcus. Mm-hmm. Corey Davis should be coming to his own this year. We you'd expect AJ Brown to be huge, but Humphreys is new. Tajay Sharp and Taewon Taylor. We've kind of seen what we're going to get from them. So there's no real threat in the passing game yet that we've seen. I know we get Delaney Walker back. But to me, you never know what you're going to get from the passing game with this team. So if Derrick Henry continues to do what he did at the end of last season and Deion Lewis has a couple games like he did against the Cowboys last year and, and some touches that he had against the Eagles and the Patriots and stuff like that, and especially with the vamped-up offensive line with Saffold on there, 
Conklin, Conklin coming back, Lawan being one of the best offensive linemen in the league as always. I think that for now, it's definitely the strong and focal point of the offense. I agree. I think. I mean, I think it needs to be um, because if we get the run game established, that's going to do nothing but help Marcus um, and and the right receivers and, and tight ends all be able to get open. And if we got if we got the Derrick Henry uh, at the end of the year running like that all year long, I mean, this offense is going to. That's be a lot to ask for. Of course, it is. It is. But you know, hopefully, maybe if maybe if we can get how he was at the end of the year, but spread it out a little bit, get Dion a little more involved. I, I think we could have a formidable backfield again. All right, I'm going to go the opposite of what you guys are saying and kind of hear me out here. I'm going to say the passing game. He asked what was going to be better. And so, obviously, the run game was better than the passing game last year. With all the weapons that we got and Titans got this past you know, offseason, I would have to say it's going to be the, the passing game. And a stat that I found, or Alan Bell tweeted out today, so the Titans had the fewest pass attempts that the team has had in the last 16 years, and it was 437 passes between um, Mariota and Gabbard. Uh, he said, for context, in 2015, we had 551 pass attempts, 2016, 502017, 496, and 2018, 437. So it's gone down year by year. Marcus has been here. Um, with Arthur now at the helm, running the offense with all the weapons. This is by far the best offense the Titans have had since Marcus has been here. Um, I think the passing game would be better. And with with Marcus having so much on the line this, this season, guys, we've talked about this, you know, podcast after podcast. Um, I think the passing game has to be the, the better of the two. And I'm not saying we're going to take away from the running game because you cannot knock Derek and Dion. You know, they're such a big piece of the offense. But – if the Titans want to succeed in a pass-happy league, I think the passing game has to be the point of the offense. Um, you're getting Delaney back. You still have Jonu. And then, like you said, with the new toys, A.J. Brown and Adam, with Corey um, kind of finally filling in. He's the number one receiver on this team. Um, you still have Taewon and Tajay. It's a good group of receivers, y'all. We have a, we have a ton of weapons to throw to. Um, I just think that the passing game has to be – I mean, you got to have more – passes this season that's that's ridiculous um i'm sure big ben had that in <laughs> games this season i mean so that that's my two cents on it i just think i think the passing game has to be the the better of the two this that's fair so i don't disagree brett you had a good question earlier you want to introduce that yeah so if you kind of think about it if you go back in, in Titans history, you, you say, okay, who is the best defensive lineman to play for the Titans? Me personally, I would say Javon Curse in, in Titans history, at least, since since they've been in Nashville. We're not going Oilers here. We're going Nashville, Titans to now. You think who is the best safety? Some people could say Blaine Bishop. Some people could say Tank Williams, even though they moved around a little bit. You think, you know, who is the best offensive lineman to ever play for the Titans? You could say Brad Hopkins. You could say Big Country David Stewart. If you look at this Titans roster now that we have, do you think that there is any Titan on this current roster who could overtake the name of, hey, I'm the greatest player to ever play this position for the Tennessee Titans? This is the easiest question you've ever asked me. <laughs> Delaney Walker. Uh, yep. 
I like it. That's listen, Chris. You're not wrong, honestly. Stat wise, stat wise, Frank is just a legend because he was I was a say, big Frank guy. I, I am, and I'm not honestly. I mean, I was more of a Stephen Eddie guy than Javon, than than I mean, even KB, Keith Bullock than 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 Frank. He was just Frank was just a legend on offense. Um, you're right, Chris. I mean, that's the that's the easy answer is Delaney. Um. Now, you didn't mention somebody, um, Brett, and that's I can you could argue Bruce Matthews because he did play for some of the Titans. It's true, but the majority of his career was in Houston. Um, but I would still claim him as a Titan. Uh, he went in the Hall of Fame as a Titan. So I think that if you if you really look at this roster, quarterback obviously not. No, wide receiver we have no idea. Running back, running back is Eddie. And CJ, and that's it. Yeah. I think that if you look at the roster right now, there's to me at least, there's three guys that could become the best ever at, at their position and if you play for the Titans. And and you guys could agree or disagree. I just want to see what y'all think too. I think if you go to the offensive side of the ball, there's two guys. I think Taylor Lewan could be the best offensive lineman to ever play for the Titans when his career is all said and done. I, I already think Delaney's the best tight end to ever play for the Titans. But when he retires, I think he'll stay number one, obviously. And then I really do think that Kevin Byard could be the best safety to ever play for the Titans if him and John Robinson are able to work out a contract after this season, which I pray that they will. I assume that they will, but I think that KB would be the third guy on this roster to be the best at their position when it's all said and done. Uh, no. Hard to disagree with that. I yeah, mean, I was I think, say, that's the three easy answers. Yeah, and I, I don't think I don't think we've had a lot of really great safeties in with in the Titans era at least I mean other than maybe Michael Griffin I think I think Kevin Byard could easily be the the best safety to ever put on a Titans uniform honestly that might be the the easiest of the three to me at least because I know that the some of the older generation would say oh you got Frank and then you had Aaron Kenny come in for a little while even though he was he wasn't I mean he was solid he was good but then this younger generation who's grown up with Delaney might say Delaney immediately. But I think that it's Delaney. Just been, we've seen all three of those guys come through. But then if you look on the defensive side of the ball, linebacker is obviously Keith Bullock. I don't think there's anybody right now that could overpass that. Cornerback, you you could probably go with Samari Roll maybe as the greatest corner to ever come through. But the only guy other than Kevin Byard on the defensive side of the ball that you could maybe argue would be Jarrell Casey. To be the best defensive lineman, but I I think it's pretty hard to put him over Javon Curse. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, and there's a few other young guys that I that I think have the talent to maybe be in that discussion one day. I mean, Rashawn Evans uh, might be one of the most talented potential production standpoint. I think he could go down as one of the best to put on, but obviously he's still so young, so we can't really make that judgment yet. But yeah, I, I would have to agree. Taylor Lewan, uh could be in that discussion. It's a hard discussion to have, but I, like you said, Brett, I think I think those three are probably our key ones when it comes to Bayard, Lewan, and yeah. Delaney. I think there's no denying that. Those three are the easiest answers. And, I mean, before Brett even said what he was going to say, I was going to say the same exact three guys. But to kind of your point, Chris, the Titans are in a, in a weird situation. Guys, we've been fans for so long. And this roster has not been this good since we were – I mean, since Steve was here. Think about it, truly. This roster, as it is right now, 
you got just as you were talking, Chris, you talked about Rashawn Evans. Um, then you got guys like Adoree Jackson. You have Jayon Brown. Um, who am I missing? Um, AB Logan Ryan. Just the, the, the guys that are on guys that are on this team right now that you don't want to see walk because they are so good on and off the field in this community. Um, you're in a spot now where you're going to have to pay these guys because they're doing so well on the field. And so you got – usually it was easy to let somebody walk because they did their time here and they're going to the next team or retired, hang them up. Yeah, to run, you, you guys got – I mean, you have them exactly. And the John Robinson, Rustin Webster wasn't known for paying anybody. Right. Um, and But John Robinson – is going to pull out his wallet and say, dude, we need you here for the next five, six years. I'll pay you whatever you have to. And it's kind of – we're in a weird spot now because you hear rumors about, well, we'll be here next season. Um, will, will Malcolm Butler, will they trade him to get some assets for him? It's, 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 it's just, in my opinion, it's weird because the Titans have been here in so – you have actually studs on both sides of the ball. And by the time the contract talks come up, you're thinking, well, do you pay them or do you let them walk and draft somebody or sign else so yeah and some and some of those decisions are going to be super hard i mean you mentioned logan ryan like that dude was a force before he got injured um and and he can kind of just like he he can kind of play all over that defensive uh defensive backfield um but yeah i mean you made a good point about john robinson he he knows the guys that he needs to pay to be here and you can kind of tell who those cornerstone pieces are. But Juan was clearly one of them, and he made him the highest-paid uh, left tackle in NFL history. Kevin Byard's clearly going to be one of them. After that, I mean, you know, we got we got a few guys that could potentially – Mariota being one of them, sadly. But, you know, Logan Ryan could be back, but maybe, maybe Hooker takes his spot. You know, it, and I think that's – Maybe what this team's hoping for is that these young guys can step up, be productive for their rookie contracts, and then we can make a decision in three or four years with what to do with them. And I wonder even if if Logan has had talks with his agent or even with John Robinson saying, look, I don't want to – I don't have no intention on moving my family. I don't want to go find a new system. I'll be here. You give me a price. We'll talk about it. And if it makes sense for me, I will stay here. Because I, I just don't see the, the, the communication that he has with, with, with the relationship, even the relationship he has with, with Kevin. And now Kenny will be here for four more seasons. I just don't see Logan wanting to leave what he's got right now um, and starting fresh and starting over. But who knows? I could be wrong. Um, he, you know, he may want to go back to, to New England and finish his career out there. But he's got a good right now, in my opinion. Uh, and if you look at it too, I mean, a lot of a lot of players love it in Nashville. I mean, you see guys that go and play for other teams, and they come back and stay. So, I like you said, it really just depends on if he wants to go or not. And then, I mean, looking at this right here, going back to the safety discussion real quick on this on this list right here from from SpotTrack.com, it's a big list for salaries and stuff like that. Kevin Byers listed as 85th paying. Salary-wise for safeties on this website, $908,572 a year. His partner in crime, the guy we just re-signed, Kenny Vaccaro, is 20th on the list at $6 million. 
and the highest paid safety is Landon Collins and Tyron Matthew at 14 million. So, I mean, you, I mean, obviously Kevin Byard's not going to get that much money, but if I, this is a guy that I think you definitely have to open up the checkbook and sign it for to keep him on this defense. See, I don't know, Brett. I think he will get that much money. Because he's got a hell of an agent in David Magaluda. Um, if I said his name right, I hope I said his name right. Um, and David represents Jalen Ramsey and Landon Collins. And oh, a lot of those big, big paid defensive guys. Well, so, yeah, I mean, if you look at it right here, that agent right there, Landon Collins, highest paid safety in the league at, at, a, at a $14 million, And second, Earl Thomas, 13 3750 so, I mean, two of his guys right there are one and three. Or really one and two. Brian Matthews tied for first, but still. Do you think, do you think Kevin Barr is better than, than those three guys? Maybe. Uh, I, mean, I, I, think, I think he's better I than Tyron. I think KB's contract will make him probably top three safety uh, in the league. I, I, yeah. I mean, Track estimates his market value at 12.8, which would put it in based on 2019 safety uh, cap hit rankings. That put him right ahead of Tony Jefferson to be in third. Let's see, let's see. Yeah, Malcolm Jenkins is ninth. Devin, Devin McCourty still seventh. Harrison Smith is sixth, and a lot of people can com, com, not necessarily compare their games, but show Harrison Smith next to KB as as who does what and stuff like that. So it, it really and if you're John Robinson, do you sign him? now and go ahead and get it out of the way with so you don't have to give him as much next season when other safeties sign money or do you wait till the end of the season and then sign him then i can see it being one of those lawan things and uh doing that training camp yep uh, yeah i'd be okay with that and it, it kind of and like last year too they signed delaney kind of out of nowhere and gave him an extension in the middle in the middle of training camp so i'd, I'd totally be fine with that go ahead and get it out of the way and then let's just focus on football from here on out the sooner we can lock up kb the better I think so too. I think so too. But besides Kevin, what other big contracts down the road? I mean, that's kind of put Marcus aside. We're, not, we're still not sure about that. Besides Kevin, who else is out there that Titans have to sign and lock up? Nobody, Henry, I don't think. Derrick Henry, does he has to lock up? No. True, true. I think you got what? Jayon Brown on. Uh, he's, he's done year after next, right? Yeah. I, uh, Jayon might be one for me that I think might have to stay just because of the year that he had last year. I mean, even this year. I just think – because, listen, Woodyard's about to leave. He's about to he, – I mean, this is probably it for him. This year, maybe next. So, then you have Rashawn, and then you have Jayon, and then hopefully David Long steps in because, you know, he's a stud. He's kind of like – I mean, you kind of see the, the linebacker that John Robinson likes, the fast – Side to side, um, hard nose, tackles very well, kind of linebacker. And I mean, that's that's those three guys right there. Even even Wesley as well. So, and solid field vision. I mean, that's sure. that's been key with the John Robinson linebacker. I mean, you talked about all oh, strikers. Yeah, you, I was uh, just saying he he clearly has that. I mean, Jayon had it. Rashawn has it. David Long, I think that's that's one of his strengths. So. You got to have that field of vision to play play linebacker in the system, and and he seems to kind of fit the mold, like you're saying, Austin. Y'all are talking about Rashawn Evans, kind of the the field vision that he has. If if you remember last year, 
when we went to Dallas on Monday night. We had those two turnovers early in the game, and Zeke broke off like a 40-yard run. He was about to score, and Rashawn Evans came from clear across the field and took him down at the one-yard line, which eventually led to KB's interception, which put us yes, back in the game. Absolutely. But that tackle that. right there from Rashawn Evans across the field saved the football game. Absolutely. Good, yeah, good good memory there, Brett. I, I preached forever that the Titans needed a, to upgrade a linebacker, even thinking a free agency, somebody. It just sucks seeing so many teams get a stud linebacker. I wanted Jalen Smith when he came out, and, of course, Dallas took him. But it's worth the risk of sitting a year out, kind of like what we're going to do with, with right now with Jeffrey Simmons. Guys, I think Jeffrey – could be the next big thing in the NFL. I really do. And so I'm cool with him sitting out this year. Hopefully not too long. I mean, hopefully he comes back at some point this season. But if not, you know, so be it. He'll be healthy for 2020. But I think we got a good thing in him. If he is productive and, and ends up being that superstar that we hope he is, maybe we'll get a good hometown discount too because of you know proximity to his actual hometown, but also because – we were the team that took a chance on him and, and are giving him the shot to, to kind of redeem his name. So, you know, I think I, I'm not extremely worried about that contract moving forward just because I think, you know, he, he'll want to be here as long as he's as productive as we think he's going to be. And, man, we get I, this team has a bright future, and I'm, they I'm excited do. to see it. It all rides on eight is the thing, too. That's what sucks because I do not want to see – this roster being built so well, have to take a step back and go draft a quarterback or go start fresh because because Marcus knows it. Mark, this is Marcus's team, and we he knows that. And we just we just have to see more from him. So, um, Chris, I know you're a big Grizzlies guy. We'll kind of segue off, hit off the Titans for a minute, and kind of talk about something else to wrap up the show. Um, you're a big Grizzlies guy. I'm a big NBA guy, Celtics guy as well. I know you were super, super pumped to get John Morant, man. What's your kind of morale right now? Yeah, you know, you, if you would have asked me that question a, a year and two weeks ago, um, I would have said that the Grizzlies had no future and this was the darkest time in, in my fandom. And, man, it's it's just – it's incredible how things have changed in the last – starting with, you know, last year's draft with us landing Jaron Jackson Jr. and and then somehow ended up with the number two overall pick this year and, and getting John Morant and then, and then the Conley trade and, and us being able to grab Brandon Clark at 21, you know, those, those three kids are going to be cornerstones for the future of the Grizzlies and, and are really going to help pave a new direction for us after, after the grit and grind era. This is the, the best I have felt about the Grizzlies future in, in several years. So As I'm, you I'm excited. For sure, because you're getting I me. Mean, you're kind of reloading again. Because I mean, you had you had Mike and you had Zach and you had Tony and Mark for so many years. Yeah. And towards the end of their career, you're like, all right, what's what's coming? You know, I know they're leaving at some point. I hate to see them go, but we're not going anywhere. The Grizzlies aren't. We're not. We're not gonna you know compete for a title. I don't see us beating the you know the the Warriors, or the Lakers, or anybody like that in the West. So it's time to rebuild. You guys are doing it the right way now. Yeah, I think so I too. Said, I said forever, I've just been the biggest Grizzlies hater because it seemed like nobody cared in there. Nobody yeah. gave a damn about who they drafted or who they got in free agency because you guys didn't really get anybody. You gave an awful contract to Chandler Parsons. 
for whatever reason. <laughs> for whatever reason. And so I, I just I've never really, really cared for the Grizzlies. But now, you know, just they are the they are the the Tennessee team and you want to root for them. And they you have something to root for now because you have actually people in the front office and you can attest to this, Chris, that actually care again. Yeah. Um, and you're actually getting players who are going to do well for the future of the team. Yeah. And we ha- we have the youngest front office in the league and um I actually saw a crazy stat the other day. Um with uh owner, coach, head coach, and general manager average ages, um, the Grizzlies have an average age of thirty five years old. Um, the second youngest team I think was like 47 years old or something. So there has been a complete youth movement in the Grizzlies front office and, and head coach, uh, head coach position. So Robert Perez is doing some, some interesting things and I'm, I'm excited about it. For sure. Jaws would be fun to watch down there for a while. It would have been crazy, crazy if the Grizzlies would have got the number one pick. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, you know, I think Zion's going to be a, a, a beast in the league, but Ja could be, end up being the top three point guard in the league too. So, Absolutely. you know, he's he's really what what we really needed, knowing that it was time to move on from Conley. For sure, I think Ja game game wise fits Memphis perfectly. Like I, I really think that he can fit well in that grit and grind there. And like y'all said, it might be over, but I think that Ja fits that stability in the way that the franchise could be run. And I just feel like I'm, I, I will never, ever, ever say that a, a league is rigged. But it just – it made – it feels rigged when the Pelicans <laughs> hit the number one pick and they take Zion and AD's gone now. And it just – everything about it just felt like it, it had to happen for the Pelicans to get the number one pick uh, for them to move on with, with AD and, and pick up Zion. And it, I think he'll play well, though. There, I think they have a really good squad now with Zoe and Bi and Josh Hart and um, you know the few holiday. Yeah, it, it's super super bright for them and the Grizzlies too. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, and and Atlanta probably have the three brightest young futures for sure uh, when it, when it comes sure. to their young core. So. Should should be interesting. The, now, the, the Lakers gave up their entire core. Lakers has some work to do, man. It, listen, come uh, July first, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be so fun. I'm just I, I'm just, I, I'm just glad it. we kept Kuzma. Yeah, I love NBA free agency more than anything because the NBA never sleeps, dude. Like we could honestly get off the podcast right now and a trade goes down. Sure. Would you hear about Kawhi today? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I mean. And, and while we're talking about trades, just to change the subject, just a, a, a moment of silence for the, the P.K. Subban era oh my in gosh. Nashville. R.I.P., man. Bro, it, um, it, oh, my gosh. I, I knew it was coming. I mean, you know, everybody had been kind of talking about the, the chance that P.K. could be traded. But, man, what an exciting three years he oh brought gosh, to the city. Sure, dude. And, you know, this, this team was better with him. And – I don't know if they'll be be better without him, but we'll we'll have to see what David Poole does with that that money he freed up. But and I just just a shout out to PK no for, for what he did on, on and off the ice. My thing is that if we if we traded PK, obviously, if we if the Preds don't pick up 
Matt Duchesne in free agency, then the entire thing is a bust. I I think at least because I don't know who else you're going to get that could produce for the offense like Duchesne can while giving up as much money to free up a spot like that. Obviously, because Poyle said that he said, yeah, well, if Dante Fabro didn't get caught up last year and play as well as he did on defense, I probably wouldn't have traded PK. But so you're putting a lot of faith in Dante now to, to, to keep playing that game. And I think that you have to sign Matt Duchesne with that available money now. I, I'm actually super excited to see Fabro uh, play, you know, top two line minutes. Um, I think I think that kid's a star and a star in the making. I, I like him. Yeah, I, I want him to stay to stay where he was. I don't I don't see any way that Dutchie's not a, a pred uh, after after the the market opens up. It felt like it, it's already done. The pred just can't say anything about it until it happens. And I would like to see Ellie Tolvin and finally come up from the AHL too. I agree. I agree. I'm hoping you know this summer could be could be huge for him if he can if he can make it on the you know the opening day roster. I think it's his for the taking. So I, I agree because that guy's got a lot a lot of offensive firepower. And, and this might just be me speaking, but I low key feel like Lobby is kind of skating on thin ice where he is right now. Yeah, I and mean, you could argue that just because. This team is so talented. I mean, this is one of the better rosters in the league. And just for to get bounced in the first round against Dallas, a team that you should have beaten, um, when that happens, I mean, fingers will be pointed at you now for years to come. So I, I'm with you. you. You don't have to go out this year and have a, have a trophy team. But at least make a run in the, in the, in the playoffs again. Um, compete, be better on the power play. That's the that's the number one thing. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Was that bad? Be better at anything? Do that. Just score it, on the power play. The power play. The power play was like the like the I was like top thirty of worst all time in the history of the NHL. Crazy. It was really bad, but we've added a third. You know, a third coach yeah. to the bench under Lavi, and and hopefully, you know, hopefully they can. Figure out what was wrong and and get things corrected and and move forward and be better than the worst in the league. So you can pretty much only go go up. For sure. Well, fellas, man, this was fun. Heck of a podcast. Um, oh yeah, covered a lot of stuff. So again, if you're not following us on Twitter, please do at Second and Victory. Uh, make sure to listen to us on our um, Spotify or Apple Podcast page. Give us a rating, feedback. Love to hear from you. Um, as always, we appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Second and victory.